oh, show wow. of the kids. That was beautiful dancing, babe. Yeah, I burnt the floor up there. Let me tell you. <laughs> Look, I know it feels a little silly to be dancing in Zoom, but you know what? God sees it and he loves your hearts and he loves your childlike innocence to bring it onto the Lord. And speaking of childlike, we are about to, I just got to double check if we're crossing right yeah, now. We are going to hear from the most beautiful, sweetest, little, gorgeous delight. Paris Flaxman is going to bring this morning our communion. And I actually apologize because I got swept away with the song and forgot to tell you <laughs> that if you need to go and get your communion ready, if have you haven't together. already, yep. just quickly go grab it. I apologize. I got swept up in the excitement of the song. Paris, I are you ready to take it away? Oh, she's so cute. Everyone? Let's give out a little emoji love heart to Paris, who's going to bring to us a little communion story. Thank you, Melanie and Warren. So good. I'll be reading um, to you 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You see, I've been watching the Clancy's on Zoom search and they've been talking about the God box where you put all your worry, um, all your worries on a piece of paper and fold it up and put it in the box like this. And write it down. It says, Flora feels nervous about going to school. You could write something like that. Okay. And then Dad prays over the box and it says, oh, We give all our carers to God for He cares for us. At the end of the week, we pull out the box and re- read them out when we then praise God for the ones that are not a worry anymore and put back in the ones that need more time. They're going to take communion now, so why don't you just give your worries to God? Amen. Paris, that was so beautiful. Thank you. And what a great idea. So you write your worries on a piece of paper and you fold it up and put it in a box and then you pray for that box. And by the end of the week, you can see your worries have disappeared. And if they haven't, I love that. You keep it in the box. Is that right? Yeah. That's so cool. Beautiful, Paris. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I think that's a great idea and that one that we should give a try on our kids. And as Paris mentioned, we're going to come for a time of communion. And um, it's hard in a Zoom box to feel the, the spirit of God upon us in the sense that when we're all gathered together taking communion, there's just something so beautiful about it. But while we're taking communion, I'm, I'm going to read um this is just from mark and we are in chapter 14 and this is where jesus is sitting around the table and he knows the weight of what's about to happen and he knows that um without him we just we can't bring our worries so as i read this i want you to all in your heart 
bring your worries, bring your cares, bring your praise points as you drink of, um, of you partaking communion together. So this is from uh, Mark 14, verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So guys, here's time for your communion. We just give thanks to you, Jesus. We thank you for the blood poured out. We thank you for your body. We thank you that we have freedom and redemption by what you did. We thank you that we can give you our worries because you took them with you to the cross. We love you, Jesus. And we love that you care so much to have taught us such a beautiful gift that we can do as a body together in Christ. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, 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 Father. That's it. I found that he might have put a little bit too much in the community. That's my bad, my bad. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Oh, we just love, I just love church. Church is rocking. We should do, we need to do church, I think, midway through the week. <laughs> I definitely do think so. Um, anyway, hey, we've come to that part of the service where um, I have the privilege of introducing uh, this week's uh, in incredible preacher, and that is in the way of Pastor Field, who's going to bring God's message to us this morning. So over to you, Pastor. Hey guys, thank you. Welcome friends and family, visitors. Uh, wow, <laughs> that was a powerful communion message. Uh, Parish, you did so well. Thank you. Give her a hand clap, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. That's my granddaughter. Woo! And um, so the Lord is good and he's doing good things all over the, um, all over our church. And um, we're going to carry on with our um, message of uh, abiding in God, abiding in Christ. So, but first, I, I want to give uh, a little update. Uh, we've had a great week, and I love the idea that we are prophetic people. That is our mindset. That is our attitude. And, um, and this week, we have indeed been securing our future for a great prophetic outlook of future days of us coming back to church. And so I'm just reminded in almost, uh, in every example of building uh, in the Bible, there's always a strategy of the enemy to stop the building process of God's covenant people. And um, why? Because we are a covenant people. We're in connection with God. He has a great plan for us, for our church. And, uh, and while we know that, we are instructed to build. And uh, I wish I could show you an aerial photo of our, 
of our property, how magnificent looks. Uh, and, and symbolically, I believe that that is saying to the community, my goodness, God thinks a lot about these people. Uh, look what they have uh, possessed. Look what they have. Um, look where they're abiding <laughs> on this lovely property. So we've been down there this week and it's been awesome. Um, faith sees past, but the enemy's uh, block blockades and, and faith builds. Would you agree? So if we are to advance, if we are to advance at this time and continue to build God's house, thank you, Tim Phillips, for uh, giving us a great admonishment in giving to the Lord, because it starts there. But it also is about our marriages, our families, our children, our businesses. Um, God is about wanting to build the church, but our marriages, our families, uh, and and he wants to build our communities, and that's up to us to step into that place, to be strong, to be led by God, and to uh, allow God to use us as a great blessing through the house of God. So how do we do that? We abide in Christ, and we hear God. We hear God for ourselves. So amen. God bless you, C3 Tugra. This week has been an excellent week of building the church. There is stuff going down on the property uh, that will let you see for yourself when you turn back up. It is all about faith. Uh, Romans 10, 17, if you want to grab uh, a notepad, a pen, just want to uh, drop a uh, little bit of teaching in at the start, and then I'm going to pray. Uh, but I, I need to give you some nuts and bolts of how to abide in Christ. Is that all right? So, so then faith, the Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Father, let our ears be open this morning so that we can hear you, that we can hear the words that come off the pages of the Bible, but we can hear you. Uh, the established will of God is the Bible, and, and the revealed will of God is that prophetic uh, word uh, and, and messaging from God, the Holy Spirit, Father God coming to us. Father, would you open the eyes of our heart of our mind so that we can see that which you are doing in our life and the saints say so guys faith is believing what cannot be seen we know that faith is optimism about the future despite our present circumstances faith grows we know that faith grows and uh, faith is knowing it can be done father we know that you can do what you said you will do and we adhere to faith we operate through the principle of faith and stuff manifests out of the out of the uh, out of the invisible realm we bring into the visible realm that which god wants us to do um i love last week uh, ryan smith didn't he do so good and uh, Ryan Smith said about going beyond the veil. The Bible says there's a veil over our eyes, over our mind, over our heart. Talks about three veils. Uh, and the Bible talks about lifting the veil. Father, we pray that every veil over every that separates us from God. So a veil, a curtain. See that curtain behind me? Uh, that's separating me from seeing the scenery behind there. I live on the river, and if I was to open that uh, curtain, that veil, you would see the grandeur of God's creation. Well, people have 
a veil over their eyes, over their mind, over their heart, can't see God. They don't see him operating around them. They don't see the glory in nature. And, and it's a sad thing. But last week when Ryan Smith, who enjoyed that? Ryan Smith was sharing. I think something supernatural was transpiring as he was sharing. You know, you can't take people somewhere that you haven't been. And obviously he's been somewhere through worship. He, is a, he understands Davidic worship. He goes beyond the veils. He, he approaches God. And when he comes back <laughs> into, into the midst of a conversation, that dimension and that realm is what you see and what you get. Amen. So that's why it's important we have time with God and abiding in God. So it allows the Christian to see the unseen, those veils being lifted. So again, Father, I pray that the veils be lifted off our, uh, removed off our eyes, lifted off our mind and off our heart that we may see the invisible realm of a great future for our families and church. So 2 Kings 2.11 says, it's a bit like this, here's an example. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire, chariot of fire appeared with a horse of fire and separated the two of them. There was Elisha and Elijah um, in this, I think, and went up into a whirlwind to heaven. Or Elijah, what about this one? Or Elisha telling the servant, 2 Kings 6.16. So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And you know the story, Elijah then prayed for the eyes of the servant. This is Elisha now, not Elijah, Elisha. And Elisha then prayed for the eyes of the servant to be opened. Lord, open our eyes this morning so that he could see the unseen realities of the spiritual realm. That's what we need to do in this time and, and, and age, especially during these difficult times. We need to see that there's angels, ministering angels, aren't all angels, ministering spirits sent to those who are inheriting salvation, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, 14. The servant saw the heavenly forces, the horses and the chariots of, of, of fire surrounding Elisha. And when Elisha prayed again, the eyes of the enemy forces were blinded and the prophet led uh, God's enemy into captivity. This is dramatic. This is dramatic stuff, but, but this is what we need. We need eyes open to see the unseen realm of God's narrative. If we allow, to be, if we allow ourselves to be uh, contextualized by the narrative of the world's news, oh my God, uh, we're going to be fearful, worried, intimidated, uh, and isolated. Uh, and, and, but we see with a higher perspective, what God wants us to see. We especially see Christ high and lifted up at this present time. Amen. So Lord, as the veil is lifted by God's grace, I'm praying over people this morning, as the veil is lifted by God's grace, we see, we believe, and we behave in a way consistent with the revealed truth. Amen. May God grant us the ability to see and hear. Lord, grant us the ability to see and hear uh, 
the, the, the unseen realm of the kingdom, especially the voice of Jesus and the Holy Spirit unction and the love of Father God, we ask this and we pray this over our children too, that our children would perceive and understand the love of God that surrounds them. Amen, children? Can I give a hand clap? Um, I say this because something shifted uh, last week while Ryan Smith gave his testimony of moving in the supernatural realm. Did you, did you get that, guys? Uh, I've spoken to a few of you. Uh, beyond the veil, he said. He said that statement, beyond the veil, and it really triggered me. I went, that's right. It's beyond the veil in worship and in word. When you read your word, when you worship, we're going beyond the veil. Something transpired of a beachhead, of a beachhead is army terms that they make an advancement onto the beachhead, onto the land, the promised land, say in this case, and we make ground into our abiding place. There is a abiding, a physical abiding place too, and a spiritual abiding place that I'll make, might mention later. But here's a statement I grabbed this morning. There is an invitation of each of you to access a greater intimacy with God. Do you believe that? Can you believe that? Lord, give me a greater access of intimacy with God. That's for someone right now. Someone's been praying and it's like a, a log jam and there's a blockade. There, there's something there of unbelief and doubt. Father, let every log jam blockade be, Lord, vanquished in Jesus' name. We have a divine invitation for a greater access with God and a greater uh, access of intimacy with God. Amen. The season calls, and here's another statement before I start a short teaching session on abiding to give you some understanding of how to do the abiding and what happens. The next statement I want to make is this season calls for discerning Christians. We need to be so discerning. Amen. Who can agree to that? We need to be so discerning of what's happening right now. So abiding in Christ, here, we, here it is, cultivating union with Christ. Bible's open to John 15, and uh, John 15 is the high point in the scripture in terms of our relationship with God. These are the words of Jesus, and they say that this is the high point. So thank you for Mike Bickle. Uh, a lot of this teaching right here right now is from him. And he says, Jesus is the vine, the source of life, and we are the branches, the expression of his life, the expression of his life. That's why when you see images of this uh, message, you see a cluster of grapes, uh, lush grapes, uh, those red juicy ones hanging off the vine. That's how we should be. Amen. And uh, Jesus' main biblical exhortation was to abide. Jesus was saying to us, abide in me, uh, verse five and nine. So this is, this is John, uh, Gospel of John, uh, chapter 15, and I'm reading from five and nine. And he's saying, why? Why do we need to abide in you? So that we bear fruit that remains. I'll talk about that in a minute. That's about our legacy. That's about the trees. Uh, that's about the property that we're investing in, in the church and the trees that we were nurturing 
on the property this week, we realized they were very dry. We went around with water. We cleared the weeds away because, guys, we want fruit that remains. We don't want those trees to die. Some were perilously teetering on the edge of dying. I want my fruit to carry on, to continue on and remain forever. Who's with me on that one? Amen. So five, I am the vine. Now, get, get this, get ready. It's coming. What's this abiding mean? Well, well, we'll get this. Verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me or who talks to me, who, who, who abides in me, but who talks to me and I in him, I talk to him who's talking to me and I'm talking to them bears much fruit. So those people of God that are talking to God and God is talking to them, you are obviously bearing fruit. Can I say amen? 16, I choose you. I chose you. Isn't it good to know that we've been chosen no matter what we've done and how we spiraled out of out of the orbit of God's love, we were retrieved because God loves us, that your fruit, that your fruit should remain. He wants fruit from us. So Jesus chose us to bear fruit that would remain forever. And this is the most glorious reality that we can understand as weak and broken people. And through the activity of the Spirit in us and through us, we can do things or bear fruit that God esteems forever. Did you get that? Even through our brokenness, even through, you know, our dysfunction, still God can get that fruit through us, and that fruit can be life-giving, and it will remain. Our life becomes, in fact, epic when, as we diligently press into a lifelong journey, knowing that he longs to be deeply engaged with us and that he sees and is moved by and remembers all that we do in our quest to commune with him in obedient love. He remembers it. He remembers all the things that we try and do. And there's eternal rewards, and we can go into that. Eternal rewards are about Jesus expressing how he feels about the way that we love him and he loves us and rewards come. So bearing fruit is very important. We bear fruit inwardly in our character and outwardly in our ministry and service to others in the grace of God, namely godly character. Uh, you know the scripture, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Those fruits will manifest as we abide in him. Um, there's a scripture in Romans 6.22, and it says there's fruit of death or fruit of life. Uh, that's getting into the realm now of our theology of our uh, salvation, that when we're unsaved, a lot, of, a lot of the fruit we produce is of death. But when we're saved, all of a sudden we're giving fruit 
fruit of the life of our ministry, fruit from every encounter we have, fruit from every seed we invest uh, uh, by deed or word. There is fruit. Fruitfulness includes possessing love, uh, humility and purity, and then inspiring others to do the same. D, um, the next thing that happens in, in abiding is this, transforming Sorry, I thought you had notes then, but you don't. Transforming union with God has two elements. We abide in Christ and Christ abides in us. us. So there's a, a transforming action when that happens, when we abide in Christ, Christ abides in us. And it, it looks like this abiding in Christ. Um, us abiding in Christ, I guess the main activities of a believer is related to uh, three things, talking with God, applying his promises, his word. Uh, you pick up your word and you declare God's will over your life, his promises, why you should be healed, why you should prosper, why you should be advancing, why you should be prospering, why you should be blessed. You apply the promises of God, why you will go to heaven, why you, there's no condemnation in Christ for those who love God. And you go to the Bible and you reiterate those promises. So three things happen when you do your bit and you abide in God, you talk with God, you apply the promises of God, and then you obey the leadership of Jesus, what he's saying to you during the week, things that he instructs you on. Talking with God is the core activity of abiding. Who does that? I do that so much. I just hang out with God. I just love to commune with God. And it's not long, you know, it, it may be a 15 second, a 20 second sound, uh, you know, a, a real time of hearing from God and conversing with God for a short time. But it, it's, it's how, and, and as long as you, um, ha, you know, have that intimate time of, of, of communing with him, he will stay with you. But oftentimes we, we, it's like the internet, a bad internet line. We get logged on and then we get logged off. But you can actually, man, sometimes you can just have continual broadband where you're downloading on such an amazing level, on an intimate level that it's amazing. So talking with Jesus is important. Uh, 10, 20 second exchanges and, and, and you know, you're just able to extrapolate something from that short exchange that allows you for a thought or resolving a problem, applying the promises. Uh, because what does it say? If I don't read these promises, the Bible says, uh, Romans 8, uh, verse, uh, I think it's Romans 10, 10. It says, it is with your heart that you believe and with your mouth that you profess uh, your faith and are saved. So you've got to profess your faith through reading the Bible. And the third one is, as I said, obeying his leadership. Jesus promises, in fact, when you obey God, uh, Jesus promises to manifest his presence to those who obey him. And you see that in John 14, 21 to 23, that he says, you obey me and I love to hang out with you. What does it say? John 14, 21, he who keeps my commands, it is he who loves me. I will manifest myself to him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We will 
come to him. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come to you as you, uh, as you uh, obey God's will. So um, Christ abiding in us. Uh, the second one I should just touch on is Christ abiding in us. So we've done how we abide in God. We read the Bible, we talk to God, we practice these uh, promises and uh, or we declare his promises. But the second element of abiding with God is this, Christ abiding in us. There are two aspects of Christ abiding in us. First, he abides or lives uh, in our spirit instantly when we're saved. Second, he abides in our hearts progressively as he manifests his presence in our soul, in our heart, renewing our mind and emotion. emotion. And Paul spoke of Jesus dwelling in our hearts, abiding in us by the manifest presence. I think it's Ephesians 3.17. He says, let's back it up into uh, 16. And he would grant you to be strengthened with might. So as God comes into your in the abiding, as Christ comes into your heart, even more so because you're inviting him. The Bible says he stands at the door. I think it's Revelations 3.20. He stands at the door. The handle's on the inside. The handle's not on the outside. Jesus just doesn't rip the door open. You've got to open the door up, friend. As, you, as he stands at the door and you open it, he comes in and this happens in Ephesians 3, 16, 17, that he would grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, in your spirit, in your soul, 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And when that happens, he begins to teach you. He begins to inspire you. He, he, he begins to empower you. And of course, you become uh, as I say sometimes, not a great word, but optimize. You become, have, have this dynamic life of God working in your life, transforming your life. Now, let me just go to a little um, disclosure. Uh, last Sunday, something I believe really did happen uh, during that message of Pastor Julie did such a great message, a great um, uh, hosting of Ryan Smith and um, Whatever happened during that message, something, it was about two hours later, God gave me a word and oh, I, got, I, I got this word that, that gave me a breakthrough on a certain matter that was really an unresolved issue about a relational dynamic in in. in someone in in, in 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 a friendship i'm trying to be discretionary here in a friendship and it was a matter that i knew it was they weren't right and something wasn't right but god gave me a word and i tell you what gully raker tears and i said to i went up to julia i said i've got it it's because of this and as soon as i said it just the release because Christ was abiding in me. I was abiding in him and I was hearing what he was saying to me. This transformational encounter with God began to work in my heart. And I had a full, I got to be honest, I had a full meltdown. 
of, of emotional cleansing. And I repented, I repented, and uh, I just broke down on the floor and repented. I'm being honest with you. And, um, and then I started to laugh. <laughs> so that was funny. But um, I remember the chiropractor, when I first went to the chiropractor, when I got, you know, when they crack your back and, you know, and I just, when that first happened to me, and, and the guy cracked my neck or my back, I figured it was, I just burst out laughing. And it was so weird. I said, oh, sorry. Does that usually happen? It's strange. Some people do that. They laugh because of the sheer release of, of the tension. Uh, some people cry. Some people laugh. <laughs> and some people don't do anything. But that response uh, to God was was just life-changing. I'm going to skip through some of these notes, but I'm just going to say to you prophetically, you need to fellowship with God through the word. You need to fellowship by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I want to declare that over you now. And the fellowship, do you want this? You can be just a nominal Christian you can be a boring Christian, but this is where the action is at when you pray. A 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and the fellowship, and I'm praying this right now, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you right now to give you a chiropractic manipulation, men and women especially, that have carrying something that you shouldn't carry, that you've got a, a, a loose end, a burden, a, a, a something that, that needs to be resolved, a healing of your heart. We walk in the Spirit only to the measure that we talk to the Spirit. What a great quote. And um, I honestly believe the spiritual renewal that God wants during this time is what God is about. It's on his agenda. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work breathing on a Samuel generation of prophetic people. I'm praying to you now. You know, Samuel was a little boy in in the in the house of God, in the in in the in the house of God and priests. The, the Levi, uh, Eli, the priest was nearby, and I'm really believing that some of us are, are, are traveling somewhat closer to Jesus, and you are in this space, you're in this room, where you have opportunity, like Samuel, to hear the voice of God. And we are going to be known in this new era as people that hear the voice of God. And we're going to be known for people who have intimacy with God, who hear and give prophetic outlook to people that desperately need it out there in the world, that they need hope, that they need uh, a brighter, a brighter future um, uh, report. God hears us like God heard Samuel. Samuel means heard of God or name of God. God wants you to know that he hears your cry of your heart. He has heard your prayers, church. I'm praying for you. He has heard your prayers for revival, breakthrough, for your family, your job. He's heard your prayers for your children, even those ones praying for the region and nation. Amen. Your father has heard the signs, the longing of your heart. He's heard you. you and, and some of you may have felt weary. 
be open. Be open to hearing God speak in new ways. Father, I want to be open to hearing you speak as I abide in you. Seek maturity, but hold on to childlike faith. Knowing, know that we are called to rise up as mature sons and daughters through whom God's glory is being revealed. Romans 8.19. Yet it is as children we receive the kingdom. That ministry of Paris this morning, oh my goodness. That was so out of the mouth of babes. The Bible says out of the mouth of babes he has ordained praise. I tell you what, <laughs> if we could get these kids to preach at us, they do a way better job, man. I'm telling you, there'd be more glory, more anointing, more people saved. <laughs> it is in childlikeness, in humility, learning and wonder, simplicity and delight is where God wants us in this hour. We don't want to become stale. Amen. We need to discover what God is doing in the here and now. 1 Samuel 3.10 says, Now the Lord came and stood and called us, called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. God may be calling your name. And God called Samuel three times in the end before he realized, oh, my goodness. Eli said to him, it's God. Tell him, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I am listening. That's what Eli said to Samuel. Say, say this time when you go back to bed, say, Lord, I'm hearing you. I'm listening. So Samuel discovered in his amazement that God was present with him in that moment. For these people listening to me now in their rooms, they're lonely in their rooms, they're isolated, they're, they're feeling like they've got no one beside them. I want you to know that God is in that space. He's in that room with you. Amen. He's with you in the present tense right now. Holy Spirit, would you come in right now? There's an encounter with God right now. It's available to you right now. Prophetic people, we are gifted to seek out, in fact, what God wants us to do in the future and lead others into and towards that naturally. As prophetic people, our eyes are searching the horizon of what lies ahead. I see a very dramatic day, guys, of the Holy Spirit working miracles, working miracles, literal miracles are going to happen. It's in the Bible. It's going to happen. The last great harvest. John 5, 17, my last scripture. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now. He's working in your life. He's working in your room. He's speaking into your life. He's speaking right now. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now. He has never ceased working. And I am working also, Jesus says. He is blessing you. He's anointing you. He's speaking to you. So, Father, give us the ability to practice on waiting, laying aside, pulling over, and listening to God, taking time, making space for God, training my mind, meditating, cultivating my spirit to hear God, learning to activate my spirit to ponder on God, meditate on God. My son, give me your heart, Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let, and let your eyes observe my ways. Shabbat, shalom, Shabbat is the, the, um, the Sabbath day. 
practiced by the Jews. And when they say Shabbat Shalom, means Sabbath peace to family and friends after a draining week. It means have a peaceful and restful day. And it says also be restored. Let wholeness come back to your life. That's what you're supposed to do on the Sabbath. Be restored. May the wholeness of God, may the wholeness of the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, let the healing anointing give you wholeness and recovery of heart. Let your mind be recovered, re renewed. Be recomposed. Be centered in God. Begin to abide in God and let him tell you things you, you couldn't even imagine, the Bible says, Jeremiah 33.3, and he will tell you things you can't even imagine. Father, we thank you for this abiding message. We take it to our heart. We want to abide in you, and Lord, you want to abide in us. We want to produce fruit, fruit that will last forever. Thank you that we've been able to put our hand and invest and speak into those areas that, Lord, will live forever. Lord, we thank you for those dimensions of our life, that we will see a great a great reward in our life in the present for our family and friends, but no, but for our family, our children's children, those great rewards will come to us because we have invested into your eternal kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.